0: Hello ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Behind the Brain podcast and today's guest is Alex Ellis. So Lex, an old client of mine um, who is a Pilates instructor, a good one at that, she covers how Pilates has saved her life and actually stops her from having daily pain and she also talks about how you can incorporate it into your lifestyle. But some of the other stuff we spoke about as well is how she suffers with anxiety, how she's dealt with imposter syndrome. But one of the cool parts for me was really how she took the leap from that cushy job to becoming self-employed, and that was obviously a massive worry for her because when she did that, she did that in a time in her life where it probably wasn't the right time to do that, but she did do it, and now obviously she's seeking the rewards. And another cool thing about Lex is she is mega relatable. So without further ado, enjoy the episode. Hello, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining in on another episode of Behind the Brain podcast. And today we've got a lovely guest, Alex Ellis. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But obviously you don't mind if I call you Lex, do you?
1: No, that's absolutely fine, James. You can call me Lex.
0: Thank you. So, um, me and Lex used to work with each other I can't remember how that uh mutual bridge was it Ben Davis it was another client of mine it was one actually referral so, yeah so I used to um work with Lex which is quite fun and Lex is a Pilates instructor and this is something we're going to talk about we're going to obviously talk about Lex and her background but we we'll are go into why you became an instructor yeah and,
1: <clears throat> go go go, go, I go, going, go get straight. why I became an instructor I uh I didn't come into uh teaching Pilates in what I consider to be a conventional way in that when I did my course I've done two lots of training and on both sets of training I realized that everyone else on the course was either a dancer that's quite a common route to come into Pilates training to mm. teaching or, um, physiotherapist, they, a lot of physiotherapists become Pilates instructors as well. I didn't know that. Yeah. Lots of physiotherapists do, they do it because they, they, end, they, they give so many of the exercises to their patients or clients, whatever you want to call it, mm. That they end up doing the training themselves and then they do classes alongside what they do. Mm. Um, especially if they've got their own business, their own clinic if you like as a physio um and pts pts or fitness instructors so someone that's already been doing fitness classes or something like that they add it as another string to their bow to do uh, training to be an instructor i uh do not come from a fitness background (laughs) Mm. uh quite the opposite i got into Uh, Pilates I did it for the first time at university at about 1920 and then came out of university and started again back home and I came into it because of an injury so I had a lot of back problems and so I came into it for that reason to make myself feel better and whilst I was doing it I remember my teacher used to say oh you know you'd be a really great teacher you know you're doing really well you'd be a great teacher I didn't really think much of it And then after my second son, I had to make that decision of going back into the job that I was doing and possibly staying there for the rest of my life or doing something else. And that this is what I chose to do. So I kind of felt a little bit on the outside of it in that respect that the industry is full of very fit. Bendy been the um people that genuinely love fitness and sport and mm. are quite skilled at it and quite good at it and I, I didn't feel that, that was me although I knew that I was good at Pilates and I could do the Pilates. So it has been a bit of a strange little sticking point for me to be honest. Um, sometimes feeling like I don't kind of you know belong Damn. if you like or that I'm not like everybody else. And uh, also you know the injury is still there the, the the sort of pain issues and stuff are still there for me so I'm also an instructor that's helping people with injuries and pain but I also am dealing with them myself so that can be a bit strange sometimes as well
0: yeah and when you say pain mm. how often is that and how bad is that
1: it's it's uh, it's varied over the years um I had a car accident about 21 22 years ago okay. so it's varied sometimes it's been debilitating and other times it's just niggly but it's pretty much daily I'd say I live with it like all the time and on a scale of like one
0: to ten what would you say that is
1: um okay well at the moment I'm I've uh, I have a, a neck issue um so that can that can vary between a sort of two and a three on a daily basis, right up to a sort of eight nine if it's really really bad really? and I have to really rest it. Yeah, it can get really really bad. Um, you know, not being able to sort of in the morning kind of lifting your head off the pillow type. Struggle with the pain. And then, you know, back problems, crikey like post-children or pregnant, that was just horrendous. Because as you know, I am hypermobile as well. So when you're Mm. pregnant and you're hypermobile, your pelvis and your lower back just feel really shitty. And there was a couple of times when I Chris came home from work to find me sat on the floor with the baby and I'd been there for (laughs) two or three hours. Not able to get up off the floor. So there have been times when it's really bad, and then other times when it's much, much better.
0: Okay, and um, so when when you're feeling that, is it just literally rest, or is there anything that you find? Because that, like when you say eight to a nine, that surprises me because that's like, ask you know, because obviously they use the pain scale of like one to ten usually, and yeah, like I mean, I'm talking about the eight
1: to eight eight to nine is like an acute episode of. My back's gone into spasm. Okay. I can't get up very well from a sit. you know, that that hasn't, that had in my back that well, that did happen during lockdown once. Um I think uh I think what helps. So I think you know, rest can help. Sometimes yeah. you have to go and see someone, sometimes you do have to go and see someone to get something addressed and dealt with, you know, whether it's a physio or an osteopath or something. Sometimes mm. you have to do that. But what's interesting is, is um, I've done. I have a, a really good friend who's osteo- She's also an osteopath, and I've seen her a few times, and um, and I really trust her sort of advice and opinion. And she, we had lots of conversations over lockdown. You know, when things were just really stressful. Mm. We've talked a lot about the nervous system, actually, and what I realised with myself and with a lot of my clients is that um, sometimes with pain, especially chronic pain where it's like really consistent there's a there's a massive element of nervous system in there and just relaxing and you know I use a lot of breath work yeah I use a lot of just walking being out and about just relaxing myself down and that can take the edge off things and allow you to then move into something like Pilates mm. as, a, as a form of exercise if I go straight into Pilates in pain wound up you know frustrated and upset with some pain and then i'm like right i'm gonna do some stretching i'm gonna do some movement that Mm. doesn't always work so sometimes you just have to you know take a bit of a break and relax and do something relaxing like a long walk and actually you can you can feel a bit better and then go into some strengthening or stretching or something
0: okay so it's would you say that when you're when you've experienced these episodes say the least would you say that's when you've you're moving the most and stress in your life the environment's better then so you know that like say your environment at home is good kids are good husband's good mm. business is good mm. and you're moving more do you yeah. find that that the this pain the, these episodes aren't as frequent should we say yeah for sure yeah because it's biopsychosocial isn't it like pain well yeah
1: absolutely and this is what i mean this is what i mean about the the nervous system side Mm. of it so i was Mm. recently um was talking about um the different things that i do or that i'm trying to do on a daily basis yeah to make sure that i am in my best place and you know they use that term you know you can't pour from an empty cup and all that yeah. sort of thing and that's used a lot with mums that mums talk about that a lot because you're constantly kind of giving out and then you yeah. don't really have much left you're not so there's, there's certain things that i there's certain things that i know that work for me and it that's down that's like sleep yeah. Um, hydration mm-hmm. um, for me I love a bit of meditation because it literally brings my shoulders down from my ears which is what I need for my neck mm-hmm. I literally have to relax my upper body um, uh, walking a like lot. we talked about this the movement in the body when you yeah. walk um, how that can affect your upper body and your neck and everything that can that can be really helpful and for, I love cold water like for me cold water really does help with yeah. a lot of all of this um so there's different things that you can do and it's really personal and it's taken me a long time to figure out what works but you're absolutely right my neck and my shoulders or whatever it is that's hurting can feel quite good and then something can happen whether it be work or family or something mm. and that's where i hold my tension so i can literally feel it coming on i can yeah, feel I my neck it. start to get sore So it's being, it's awareness. And that's one of the things that I love about Pilates. It's one of the reasons why that my, one of the feedback that my clients give a lot is Mm. that it's the awareness. It's the body awareness. It's the awareness of your body. It's the awareness of your muscles. It's the sort of proprioception, which is, you know, knowing where your body is in space, just knowing, knowing where all the bits of your body are and and the breathing, Mm. You know, being aware of your breathing and being aware that your shoulders up, might up, up by your ears or that you're holding tension mm. somewhere so um the that side of pilates was a, was a big game changer for me when when i started years ago was the strengthening yes the flexibility yes mm. the the body awareness was one of the biggest things
0: yeah yeah like if i if i go back to when i used to train you and this is obviously going to help because you are a coach and you understand sort of how to digest information a lot easier than most people. I used to just be—I remember I used to just be able to show you something, and it would—you—it would be that one repetition, and you yeah. would have that movement. So I, I can yeah. imagine that the Pilates—you're aware of what's going on in space, aren't you? Complete. Essentially, yeah, and yeah. That's you're transferred aware
1: and I have to really, I have to really remember that I've been doing this for for twenty years, and I've got clients. I have a client. I have a new client. He's six foot four, right? Mm. He's used to doing same so height as me. He, same height as you James <laughs> absolutely minus the foot um <laughs> and he is used to doing some real quite intensive some sort of I can't remember. he's doing some sort of military I don't know what it was but it was like a yeah. run and then some hit and then a run and yeah. then some hit so it's all that sort of fast paced fast twitch stuff and I have to remember that in the least patronising way possible when I say this, but I have to remember that some people literally don't have any body awareness. When you're saying, do this with your pelvis or do this with your, yeah. they they might not know that.
0: No, that takes um, time.
1: It does. It it? But there's a lot of things that I don't have a clue about either. You know, mm. ma- ma- majority of sports, if you ask me to give it a go, uh, you know, I would, it would, t- I'd need a lot of training. This is what I know. So it works easier for me but there's loads and loads of things that i'd be royally
0: crap at if you tried to teach me so when you started pilates right in your early 20s yeah how did that make you decide like one obviously the instructor's giving you good feedback that you're good at it and mm. stuff like that but mm. what's made you decide oh i'm gonna um give this a crack like i'm gonna what, give it a go I mean, so it's quite because i so so actually we go back a little bit further what was you studying at uni and what was your job before Pilates? Because I know he was a big dog, really, weren't you? <laughs> no, so random.
1: This is what I mean about unconventional routes. So I did a law degree. Yeah. Which was interesting. Uh, I did a law degree, which I'm glad I did because, you know, it taught me how to stick at something that you hate. I didn't mm. really enjoy it very much at all. So I did a law degree, came out, I did two years in a legal practice. Again, wasn't for me. And then the job I had for 10 years, I actually, I loved my job. I worked for the local council, but I worked in business support. Yeah. So I was helping small businesses like you and me start up. I'd help them get funding. I might help them get premises, um, grants, but also I helped them network. So I bring them together and show them how they could work together and network with each other and, and, and get more business by working together. And I absolutely loved it. I really mm-hmm. did love it. I had such an awesome team. I had an awesome boss. Um, really fortunate. But when I went for that job interview and the chief executive, whoever it was, interviewed me and he said, where do you see yourself in five years? And I was really honest and I said, not here. I don't mm-hmm. plan on being here in five years. Time. And he kind of looked at me a bit shocked and I said, well, I'm only being honest because the majority of my family are self-employed they're entrepreneurs self-employed and that's where I saw myself yeah long term so I think that's why 10 years was enough and after my second after our second son I just thought actually I either go back and I stay there because it's yeah. a cushy job it's a lo- local government work Is you get a lot of benefits
0: yeah you do not make you of, happy though does it
1: well no I didn't I really didn't yeah. feel I felt myself going a bit gray if i'm honest okay. not hair gray i mean I know you know
0: yeah just spark. just to, um ticking going. days looking forward yeah. to the weekends you know dreading mondays so, a little bit yeah so you started pilates early 20s and then you do this job for about 10 years and is that alongside yeah. doing pilates going to classes and stuff like that
1: well i was really lucky because my office was in east pallon And my studio in in Chichester, yeah, Central Chichester. And then the studio was Central Chichester. Really lovely Mm. studio, Central Chichester. And I, my boss was so supportive because I had such a bad back. And I was miserable when my back back was bad. So I used to leg it down to, into town, do the Mm. 50 minutes or whatever it was, and then come back. So I was able to go four times a week.
0: Oh, wicked. Yeah, like you think if you're experiencing pain, you know, That's going to affect your morale, isn't it? Essentially. And again, it's going to affect um, the quality of work that you're producing as well. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So my boss was really good like that. He could see that it was helping and it absolutely did. I mean, it got to the point and this is what my clients say to me now. You know, if I missed a week, I felt it.
0: Mm.
1: So it was like a prescription for me, for Pilates, for me and my back. It was like a prescription. I had to I had to take it like I had to take you know, something for pain. And I didn't want to take anything for pain. So that was like my prescription.
0: That's good to hear. But now you do it daily.
1: Well, the irony is, and I think if you spoke to, and I don't know if this is the same with you and your industry, you have to be really careful. Um, I went from doing Pilates four times a week for myself to teaching it numerous times in the week and doing bugger all for myself. Hence why my back ended up getting worse when I became an instructor
0: really it's quite interesting yeah. that isn't it
1: because I wasn't doing it for myself or... I was yeah. teaching but I wasn't I wasn't putting enough because you do it all day teaching and then you think to yourself right well, I really should do it myself now but you're too mm. tired so you go and stick Netflix on and sit down and watch that instead
0: mm. Mm. you obviously you're at this uh, the council for like 10 years helping out businesses when mm. was that deciding point of like i actually want to go on my own and how did that come about so i imagine you're with chris now aren't you yeah um yeah so we were in we
1: were in a really uh, so our youngest son was turning one yeah and i was due to go back to the council and i had to make a decision as to what i wanted to do and i really didn't want to go back um sitting for several hours in the day was really not was not helping me at all i was Mm. just it wasn't an option i had to Pilates becoming an instructor really appealed to me because I am better moving around for my own back and so I thought it's something that I could do where I'm still helping other people I'm still making a difference but actually I get to move around and I get to do a bit of Pilates whilst I'm working so it's surely it's a no-brainer it will be you know it's the best thing I could do um but it wasn't an easy decision and it I was in a very fortunate position at that point where Chris and I had a window where he could support me whilst I trained mm. so financially we were able I was able to train <coughs> pay for the training and have a little bit of a gap where I wasn't yeah. earning as much as I was but uh Luca was our youngest was a year old and our eldest was in reception like first year at primary school and um I made that decision to go self-employed and leave that very sort of secure job mm. um, and go self-employed at a time when, if I'm completely honest, I think I had a bit of postnatal depression. Really? So yeah, so our, Luca, our youngest had a really, really, really difficult birth and w- we spent a couple of weeks in special care in Southampton and in Chichester. And then he came home and he was fine. But I, and so you just crack on. Mm. Life takes over and really busy. So for that first year, it was super, super busy and everything was cool. Like he was brilliant and everything was fine. But I don't think I properly really dealt with as women don't, they just give birth and it can be really shitty and then you carry on and it can come back and bite you in the bum at a later date. And I think as we've already discussed, and I've been quite, I'm very honest with, with, friends and I've even you know said it you know on my sort of Instagram account I've mm. been quite open and with clients as well but I am I have suffered I said I don't like the word suffered I live with with anxiety so yeah. that is me that's my disposition I don't know any different I've been like it since I was a child <clears throat> and it's something that I manage it's something that I'm quite confident in managing mm. um, but layer on um the child the childbirth thing and the and all of the fact I guess trauma essentially isn't it it, it, yeah it's a
0: trauma from those in those two weeks I
1: think there was yeah I think there was an element of sort of PTSD involved and just it was a perfect storm really because just at the time I decided to leave the council
0: yeah
1: and go self-employed and make this quite big step of you know pay packet just ends like that regular monthly salary just disappears and you're like shit I'm training, but I'm not earning. I had the imposter syndrome of, holy crap, they're all dancers and really sporty physios. And who the hell am I to be doing this? Who the hell is going to want to come to my classes? Is this even going to work? What have Mm. I done? I've got two small children. Uh, You know, I don't belong here. This sort of, all this sort Mm. of thing. And then what happened was I I needed a bit, I, I did need a little bit of help with, um the fallout from the whole sort of postnatal thing at that time. So
0: how it did, all How out. long did that did you go and seek help after the incident?
1: It was a with year. Your
0: kid? Yeah, a year. Okay, right. It was wow. a year. Yeah.
1: And that's quite common for yeah. a mum to um feel it kind of catches up to you around if you did whether or not well all birth is full-on right Mm. (laughs)
0: there's
1: a reason they call it labor all birth is full-on if you have a particularly traumatic situation like we had it can take a year it can be around the time of the anniversary it can be around the time of that first year when it does kick in that's quite common so there was no surprise in, in that respect but what was happening is that I was developing a lot of anxiety around you know the kids and their safety and their health and you know, it was all that sort of thing. Like, is everyone okay? It was that sort of anxiety. So yeah, it was about a year after, and I went and, and got some some help. I think I had CBT therapy, which is really great, cognitive behavioral, which is quite common. Lots of people have that. Mm. And it was it was a it was done through the doctors. It was like a ten week course, and it was really it worked like an absolute treat. I really? recommend it to, to people. Yeah, it worked like a treat. Yeah. It it really knocked some of the things that was going on sort of on the head, and it meant that it freed me up to look forward and feel a little bit more confident about the choice that I've made which was to go self-employed and and I'm really glad I did it and didn't just kind of plow on and stick my head yeah. in the sand because it would have bitten me on the bum later on down the line so that was the that was the landscape of me deciding to go self-employed so at the beginning it wasn't that it wasn't that easy it was quite a it was quite a shock to the system and it and that and that can be for a lot of mums that decide not to go back to their job after they've had their baby and they decided to do something different. And that might be getting a new job or it might be going self-employed. And I just think all I would say to people is that if you're in that position and you're having a wobble, just you know seek advice and get some support and speak to people about your idea and your concerns and your worries about it because Mm. a lot of people don't do it a lot of women don't do it and the the world's missing out on their excuse me the world's missing out on their
0: input on their business and their
1: skills and their gifts and Mm. there's so much that women have got to offer and there's so much that you know women in general but mums who have been through a lot and raised children and they've got so such a skill set that they can transfer into business I Mm. just think and then they're holding back and they're not doing it, you know, then, because they're it. worried about X, Y, and Z. And I just think there's so much support out there now across the board of all sorts of different things, financial, marketing, branding, like life coaching, if you like. So just talking to someone about your idea and getting them to give you that boost. So I would just I would just say to people, just just really go for it because, um, you, you know, depending on what your situation is and how much of a risk you're taking,
0: Chances are you haven't got a lot to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. Did you have a good support network when you decided? As in, not not uh, what you did through the doctors that helped Mm. with obviously the the labour. But did you? you, Mm. Were your friends and stuff like that all very supportive? Or did you? Because it's hard, isn't it, when you go? Because Hannah's recently gone through this change. You know, different situation, of course. Mm, But you know, there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, you shouldn't. You could work your way up." But like when someone's literally hating going back to work on dreading, you know, the Monday morning,
1: no, it's like, there's got to,
0: yeah, there's got to be a fucking change really, isn't there? Exactly.
1: And the thing is, is that, you know, Hannah was really, really brave about it. And, and she's an absolute grafter. And that's Mm. the thing. And and there are a lot of women that are just absolute grafters. They just need the support around them, Mm. you know, and I was really lucky I did. I mean, I, was quite obviously not happy and I was quite obviously dreading going back mm. and I had friends around me that was interestingly they didn't say well they I guess they did say it to me because they were they were it was that kind of like you all right hun <laughs> yeah, yeah. Type, you know comment but what ended up happening that a few of them actually went to Chris and said I don't think I'm not sure she's okay um mm.
0: Which you wasn't Maybe. in a way, was she? Like, there's a there's a whole host of events there that have gone on. You're thinking about leaving your job, obviously, mm. still dealing with childbirth and stuff like that. Probably mm. quite in a stress situation, mm. you know. And they probably coming from a very caring point, but now they look back at it and it's like, or they, or if they still your friends, are like, it's deep down they're like, thank God you did that, you know?
1: Yeah, and I and I think that the other thing is is that we're all to different varying degrees we're all very good at um you know convincing other people that we're you know managing and that we're okay so sometimes people the people around you will be aware that there's stuff going on mm. and other times they won't because people can be very good at um yeah at just kind of being all like hi yeah i'm all good and then yeah, they well, get home they close the door and they're not
0: yeah well how often do you bump into me and like how do you make that yeah fine like that is this the, the generic response? Well, exactly. Response, isn't because it?
1: imagine if imagine a world where people, when people answered that question honestly, and mm. when no, I'm not, I'm, I'm really shit. Mm. Number one, that's a bit of a shock for the other person, and they might not know how to respond, yep. and you're taking a big risk. Number two, quite often we're all so busy. When you pass someone on the street, you're not looking for a long answer. You just want mm. them to go, yeah, I'm fine, because yeah. you're being polite. But, no. So I think what's really important is that we are, you are kind of around, able to, to have people in your life who you know that if they went, how are you doing, you can go, no. And that goes for the really deep emotional stuff that you might want to share, but it's also about sharing ideas and sharing. Mm. I have like, I am just amazed. I mean, lockdown is shit in so many ways, but you know what, via people that I've met face to face, but also let's face it, a lot of it was online via Instagram, the, the network of women that I am now part of yeah. that not only help each other out on the more emotional stuff, but who share business ideas. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Like I've got this idea. What do you think? Yeah. all get, get together in a big group and bounce ideas off each other and really support, support each other so much. I mean, it's, it's absolutely invaluable. And, it can be the difference between someone moving forward with a business idea yeah. or not. So it's brilliant. And so I would just say to someone, if you've got, you know, if you're in a job that you really can't stand and you've got some ideas and at least just run it past people, ask them what they think,
0: mm-hmm. get
1: that ball rolling, get the ideas going. Cause I'm, I'm so glad I did it. I'm yeah. really glad I did it.
0: And if, if we're saying we're chucking that advice out of just going for it and make sure you run it, be mindful of who you run it past as well because there's mm. always going to be you know you don't always want yes men in your life of course no, 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 you no. you don't want that at all but
1: you're absolutely right be
0: mindful of the person that you run it past like it's it's like when you we all go for this right when you run past things past your parents mm-hmm. they just they kibosh it as soon as they can they're well, like well they either that's not a place yeah yeah Do you know oh, what I mean?
1: absolutely depending depending on the parent you've got i mean mm. Um, you know, if you've got risk-averse parents, they're going to put the absolute, you know, what, what sits up you. Tell, yeah. oh, are you sure? What about the kids? You know, what about money? Da, da, da. <clears throat> but then you might have others that are like, oh, yes, darling. Well, oh, it sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Do that. So, you know, one, I mean, obviously we we did our, we did training for, you know, whatever it was a couple of years, but i know that if i run something past you for example mm. you are going to be completely honest yeah. <laughs> completely honest in telling me whether or not something is a really bad idea if it's yeah. a good idea so
0: you've come to me for isn't it essentially you know essentially, i'm not gonna yeah. dress dress that up or down i'm gonna say look yeah that's good but what about this you know or whatever you know
1: yeah and you're not gonna you know in the nicest way possible you're not gonna say anything purely to help me in my ego because that's no. not what I, I don't need someone to go that's going to be brilliant um i need people who have got around me who have got experience mm. in in business in the industry particularly potentially that i'm in which is really helpful like what do i do about this what do what to do, do about that um and you need honesty like, yeah. kind, like in a kind way yeah um but you need honesty because. Um, Yeah, sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees and you get so immersed in your own stuff yeah, and your own emotional attachment to your own business and your own clients and how you feel about yourself. Because it's quite lonely being a sole trader, being on your own in a business, you know, you are every single part of that business.
0: Yep, you're a marketer, you're a salesman, you're you're, you're, mean, you're you're everything. Yeah. You
1: do the finance, you're everything. So it's, it's really important to step outside of that, I think, and get some help. But you are absolutely right in the people that you might go to for support if you're feeling upset about your, I don't know, whatever, your, you know, your relationship or how, whatever it is. Like, they might not be the same people that you might want to go to for no. for business.
0: Yeah, advice. we've all got. And vice got, versa. Yeah, we've all got friends that we could open up to because they're they're very good listeners and they're always ready to listen to your your uh, shit. A yeah. quick advice on opening up, actually, always be make sure that the person you you want to speak to is actually ready mm. for your you know because sometimes we don't oh, know yes. what's going on in other people and we just start talking about jargon. This person's just nodding mm. their head and that. They're not ready to listen to what you have to say. So that is a little thing no. for the listeners. Make sure that other person's ready. But yeah, yeah, it it comes back to down to right having those right people in your corner. Right, that person's good for business advice. Let's mm. say that person helps me with relationships. You know, there's so mm. many. If you're fortunate, enough completely. to have completely. If many you're friends. fortunate <laughs> enough to have that, yeah. If yeah. you are, I mean, and some people aren't, and yeah.
1: um, and it, and in that in that case, you know, there's a lot of you know organizations that can help with Mm. regards um business advice and planning but in chichester in this area we are really really lucky because there is such a huge percentage when i worked at the council i think there was something like five and a half thousand businesses in the district and i think 90 percent of them were under 10 employees and 85 percent were under five many were one person So that's why we've had to create these networks whereby you can seek this advice Mm. from all sorts of, you know, different people. I mean, I'm a member of the the Chichester Collective and there's someone, there's someone on everything in there that you can go to if you need to. And I love that. I love that you can seek those people out and get that, get that help.
0: Yeah. It is a very um, small self-employed town where everyone does know each other. You like you speak to Ben he you know because he's been doing it for 20 years and he's a very Mm. good networker he has Mm. if you ask him for a certain person let's say needed he is like yeah that this guy is the best one this is who we use it's like ben's like a fountain
1: yeah and then you're doing it based on referral and 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 ben is a really trustworthy you know lovely guy so if you recommend someone chances are you know you will you're going to go with that and that's how it works in this area Mm. that's how it works
0: so I wanna go back into when you felt like when you first started this whole Pilates journey of like this imposter syndrome. Because mm. as because when when I hear that you say, Oh the, the the industry's this, but I'm this like two kids, you know, young parent I mm. think that actually y- you're more attractive to people because guess what you are you're more relatable but obviously mm. you don't see that as yourself so how how did you overcome that and sort of yeah or have you have you overcome that because I know that sometimes we still f- feel these feelings of oh, mm. am I good enough but so yeah. how was how was that
1: yeah I think um it's know, I've been on a bit of a journey with it, as we all as we all do. You learn a lot. You learn a lot um, as you go along. Um, And I've I've been I've been going for six years now, so I definitely have. It's gotten easier as time goes on. Um, And so I would say that you're you're right. I am starting to recognise in the last in the last year or so, I've started to realise that actually. Um, and social media plays a huge part in this, James. Hmm. Interestingly, the, the imposter syndrome got worse during lockdown because I got a new website and I started using social yeah. media more. Before then, I was in my own little bubble of I'm in Chichester, my yeah. classes are full, I'm fully booked, so I've got nothing to what have I got to worry about. Hmm. And then you go online and you're like, oh, holy crap. You know, she's yeah. doing it like that. And oh, my God, should I be doing it like that? And holy, I do not look like that. And oh, yeah. my God. So you start comparing yourself. So there's a couple of things that I've learned. Number one is the comparison thing and that whole thing about comparison being the thief of joy is a wonderful statement, but it doesn't always sit or sink, or sink in with people okay. as in they don't live it. You know, they, they know that that's true, but they still find comparison really difficult. And um, that's kind of where imposter syndrome come in. you would be like, oh, I should look more like that. Um, yeah. I don't have as much to offer. Um, I, you know, I'm not good enough. Um, and I shouldn't be here essentially that's what's going through your mind but if you have imposter syndrome um, and so I've learned to um, just be a lot kinder to myself about it and just remember that I've done the qualifications yeah. I've been going for six years I've done Pilates myself for near on 20 years and the bottom line is the clients i have clients yeah i have clients i have some clients that have been with me for the six years mm. i get good feedback i have to f- have to focus on that you know have mm. to focus on that if someone is doing something if i see someone doing something that i wish that i was doing or that i wish i was better at i try and see it as um rather than sort of competition and comparison i'm trying to look at it as proof that it can be done and think about what they might be doing that i could do differently if i genuinely want to improve right yeah. on something hmm. whether it be the way that my website looks or the way, the way that my own videos or something might look or if i want to get better at the particular exercises you know what if i want to improve what can i do you know to to make it better but really and if, it, if it's not about that, then just leave it. Just forget about it because we're all different and you don't know what's going on behind the social media thing. Everyone's got awesome. their own stories. Everyone's got their own struggles. And I can't remember what the stats are, but my God, the the, the number of women in business that have imposter syndrome is ridiculous. Have you ever had imposter syndrome, James? Yeah. That, and you admit it. Do you know how many yeah. men just would not even admit it mm. or even recognize what that is? Mm. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I can imagine. And it's,
1: it's really, really common. It's really common. And the more you sort of talk about it and the more you discuss it between ourselves, the easier it gets, because, you know, it's just, everything's always easier when you can discuss it and talk about it. And, you know, it is coming back to what, you know, what your offer is and your why essentially, like, why are you doing it? Who is it that you want to help and engage with, the people that you're trying to help get their feedback have the communication with them not the whole of bloody social media
0: yeah
1: that's kind of where i've got to now it's like i use it and it's fun and i do like to engage with clients and i do like to engage with the wider community it's fun it's exciting it's nice to get feedback but i'm not letting it take me away from who i'm dealing with on a daily basis a weekly paying basis paying your bills Who's paying my bills? And they're the ones that I speak to. They're the ones that I get the feedback off, and just keep plugging away at it. But really, as kind of cheesy and cringy and psycho babbly as this might sound, I have learned to be a lot nicer to myself.
0: No, that's not good at all. I wish because if if a friend came to
1: me, if a friend came to me in tears and said, "I'm thinking of jacking all this in because I think I'm crap." And I've and I don't think I can do this business anymore because I don't feel like I'm good enough. I mm. I would be like this is ridiculous, and I would say all sorts of things to them, and it wouldn't be, it, I wouldn't be making it up, and I wouldn't be, mm. <clears throat> I wouldn't just be stroking their ego. I would be genuinely saying, but look at this, but look at this, look evidence evidence that they were doing well. I would say that to them. So now I've turned it around and I'm trying to say that to myself when I have those moments.
0: She just got her sometimes um try and reflect find a bit of time to do that as well which is hard in this in this day and age but and just realize success leaves clues you are doing something right you know i don't want to say if your books are full because there's a lot of coaches that are doing things right and their books aren't full they may need to do something else so when i speak about coaches as well i'm on about pilates yoga instructors yeah. personal trainers the whole across the board but you know, I mean? if you if you have five minutes in the morning and have a look at what's going on. You're busy. You're fully booked. You're getting inquiries. You're, you know, people are trying to work with you. And then, you know, when you, when you put that on one side and then look at how much business, how many people want to work for with me through social media, mm, it's know. a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. But social media is a tool. And it's definitely, you know, one of those things that can be utilized. Um, really well, but I think that goes with um certain if you have online products and you're willing to work with people online. Yeah. I think that's the best. Yeah, that's thing the difference. That,
1: exactly. You know? And I think that's where I you know I have got some ideas of the in the future of more online based work. But at this precise moment in time I'm so up to my eyeballs with face-to-face classes and, and one-to-ones that yeah I just need to manage social media and use it in the best way that it works for my business. Going back to what we were talking about with um, sort of imposter syndrome, for me as a instructor, one of the things that's being addressed in the Pilates world at the moment, and it's been going on for a while is that, and so this is where imposter syndrome, if you like, can be a client issue as well, Mm. is this idea of the Pilates body, yeah right they've been okay. talking about the pilates body and then and you do get clients that come in and they go i want abs hmm. right i just i want that i want yeah. that look i want to look like gwyneth paltrow i want to look yeah. like you know and i want
0: to i want to look like gwyneth paltrow <clears throat> but i'm four foot five i want longer levers and legs and you know well, it's like well
1: exactly but this but this is the point and this is and this is so from an instructor's point of view i'm I have a different body from a lot of Pilates teachers that you might see on the ground or online. Mm-hmm. As in, they're like, they look like they're six foot tall, and they are literally their waist comes up to my head. Like yeah. they're like so, they're dancers. They're, they, they they the 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 positions and the the height the high mobility, if you like, you know, in their mm-hmm. bodies, the the way that they can <clears throat> execute the exercises and the way that those exercises look. That's not going to happen for me, right? No, Physically, it's just not going to happen. Um, so, and also, you know, some of the girls I was training with were 19.
0: Yeah, they've had, right? that's they were what 20
1: I mean. years younger than me. Yeah. They're 20 years. I'm 42. I've had two children. I have my own injuries and I mm. have my own. Um, Uh, body
0: morphology
1: restrictions (laughs) my restrictions in my body that i certain exercises i can't perform to the photo finish you know standard but then what i realized is just like you were saying about relatability like that's all my clients as well (laughs) we're all the same so actually i'm not doing anyone any favors by trying to be anything like that because my clients aren't like that so it dawned on me that actually they're not looking to me to try and be that person, you know? They're just, they're just, they just want to, they want the classes to feel inclusive and welcoming and friendly in the one-to-ones, they want to feel confident. Like with you, when we were training, I know that you were, because I was nervous about it, mm. and we, we spoke about this, I was, I've been, in the past, I've been phobic about exercising in public. Mm. Huge anxiety around exercise. I did everything at home, you know, on my own. I didn't want to go out anywhere and exercise. Massively phobic of gyms, wanted to vomit if I went into the weights area in a gym, it's just hideous. So I know that you were aware of that, and then when we trained, you very much would take me to a point where I was being challenged, but that I was felt like I was succeeding and yeah. achieving something each time, and that built my confidence. And it's the same with, with what I do. There's no point going to them, hey, uh, try this, and doing something really fancy, and then putting them mm. on the reformer, and obviously, and they don't want to get anywhere near it.
0: No. There's no
1: point. And with regards to the Pilates body, the industry has really clamped down on it now because they realized that it's a load of absolute crap and that 99% of the population do not have that Pilates body. They're all different sizes. They're all different colors. They're all different nationalities. They're all different. Everything, everyone is completely different. There cannot be a Pilates body, which mm-hmm. is brilliant. I think it's one of the best things they've done because it's thrown that out of the window. Okay. And it's more about inclusivity. You can now do courses. I can do training courses on, on how you know to train people who are super, super tall, who are a larger size, you know yeah. because I've had clients say to me or friends or people that have say that they've got back issues or issues post childbirth pelvic floor stuff like that that they desperately in need of the exercise but they'll say to me I need to lose weight first I
0: need to lose weight first yeah oh come walk. on I've
1: lost weight because we're all in lycra mm. we're mm. all in leggings and vest tops mm. so how inclusive is that for someone who desperately needs pilates but doesn't want to put a bunch of just doesn't want to wear lycra
0: mm-hmm.
1: and a crop top and they um, feel like they can't do it they mm-hmm. feel like they're not welcome
0: and, and look very graceful when actually it, it's, yeah, not, it's it, exactly
1: a and that that all comes you know and so that i think i think like a lots of diff- lots of industries within the sort of lots of different parts of the fitness industry but i think pilates did um potentially exclude people who mm. felt that they wouldn't be they'd be self-conscious in a class or they wouldn't be welcome in a class or they would look out of place in a class because they didn't look like everyone else it happens sometimes in yoga as well
0: yeah i can imagine um, it does. but
1: it's been brilliant recently because i don't know if you've seen like things like sweaty betty you know their marketing campaigns you know much more inclusive cut you know it's 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 definitely changing um, which i feel really happy about because I I look more like the industry standard than, you know, some people might look at me and go, "Well, you look exactly like a pilates instructor," but I have felt that I don't. Mm. I have felt that I don't belong, you know, and don't fit in. And yet I've been doing it for ages. So lots of people must feel like they want to do weight training or they want to do pilates yeah. or they want to do yoga but feel like they can't.
0: Yeah, and that's or, just, you know, hopefully comes back to people taking that leap of just investing um a coach of some sort and finding finding the
1: right person uh,
0: yeah finding the right person being persistent with um who you work with as well because you 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 know it's like anything you may go and work with someone and they're not the right fit for you Mm. I've been very fortunate in some of my clients of like they've tried like a few personal trainers then i've ended up working with them and they said oh yeah i've tried and this guy didn't it wasn't right for me or this girl wasn't right for me and i was like and i think i so always say i say like so Do you know well done for not giving up on a, a personal trainer because mm. like hopefully now i'm that right person for you
1: yeah
0: and yeah and then and hopefully you meet that right coach who meets you where you are at mm. you know and then gives you the most simple stuff as always which is the best Mm. the best thing because then you develop that competence slash confidence you think you remember like how you used to get about going into the gym do you remember Mm. you know i mean when you were sat in a car park and you'd like message me but you'd go in and it was Mm -hmm. all right wasn't it and you felt great after you felt quite empowered yeah you know you did everything that we'd had worked through because a lot I think a lot of people when they walk in the gym especially the gym because you don't really just usually go into a studio and do pilates on your own do you there's usually an instructor there or you may do
1: exactly yeah when you you have that yeah you have someone to follow or someone to tell you what to do which is why I was more than happy coming to the gym with you because you would sort out the squat rack yeah you would tell me what to do and I had it was like a comfort blanket the minute you Mm. walk in by yourself and you have to set the equipment up and you're doing it in front of people, and the instructor's not there to kind of hold mm. your hand. It can be quite scary for people, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because no one likes, unfortunately. Think how many people walk into a gym, right, on a sunny day, and go on a treadmill for half an hour or forty-five minutes, and they're either watching telly, watching the world go by, or they're watching yeah, people yeah. in the weights area going, you know, quite intrigued. Oh, I'd love to do that. Oh, mm-hmm. I'd love to do that. You know, think. Yeah. How many? how often that happens that happens every hour right now all the time
1: well I'm not being funny James but in the majority of gyms if you really did ask the question for a long long time if not still very much now women see the weights area as a men's area Mm, you know I know it's changing I know it is changing it's definitely Mm. changing but it was like that for a long time and when so when we were training and I was going to Westgate and going into that into the weights room i was the only female in there
0: yeah and that can be quite an intimidating place depending it's on really what
1: intimidating
0: gi- what gym you go to how people behave there as well do you know like if you go to oh a, God, a so certain gyms yeah exactly and do you know what i mean and it's not well i can't in, in a way if i'm perfectly honest so i i understand that but it's hard for me to empathize with that because obviously you know i go into the gym and just do what i need to do but to, to now hear that from yourself it's like that's a big step you know
1: it is but but from on the flip side I see it when I because I've got male clients that come into classes yeah several of which have been coming for six years and when they first walk in it's really interesting because a lot of them come as a couple with their wives yeah very few come on their own in fact every single oh uh, no I've had one or two that have come and interestingly they haven't carried on the ones that I've had for years and years and years they they come as a couple but actually they they've ended up going to separate classes mm. so but they did that but the just like I needed you as a safety blanket to go to the gym they kind of need the safety blanket yeah. of their wife
0: yeah. to go
1: with them to justify almost why they're going mm. because that's intimidating to them they walk in the room it's a bunch of women and then talking about all sorts they all know each other they're all giggling and laughing and it feels very female yeah so that must be intimidating for them and then of course women tend to have more body awareness so we can we know how to move you know the pelvis and the shoulders and the chest and all this sort of thing Yeah. yeah they probably find you know, the breathing, women often find the breathing um, easier, that probably comes from childbirth as well. And, and so there's a flip side to it, and that the men, it's a very brave thing for many men to walk into a yoga or a Pilates class as well. Yeah. So I've never thought, looked
0: at it like that. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Uh, it's, it's an it's, interesting but, point. What,
1: what I find really interesting is that the, the men that have carried on coming to the classes, they, they report that they find the energy of the classes that slightly more female energy really quite relaxing and it's just right. a bit more well it's just it's just less if you compare the vibe in that room to awaits room, you know yeah they they you you get one thing you get different things from the different environments don't different you different stresses them, isn't it essentially yeah the focus the slowing down mm. the mindfulness of the movement the breath work for these particular men that is an antidote to the rest of their lives yeah. they don't need to go into a gym and go ooh, you know and the rest of it and feel
0: hmm. really
1: pumped they might do that but they also need that as well
0: and this is where i suppose you could you, we can touch on how you feel pilates um complements other other areas of other training areas.
1: Yeah, so the benefits of Pilates include, I probably won't remember all of it, um, so muscle balance, um, yeah. core strengthening and stability, improved focus and concentration, yeah. uh, injury prevention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you can also restore muscle imbalances in sports which have repetitive motions, particularly on one side. So Andy Murray loves yeah. Pilates, lots of footballers. Love Pilates. Mm-hmm. Um, I have six golfers, six golfers, runners. Yeah. Um, I have a, a, a fly fisherman.
0: <laughs>
1: he, yeah. So he goes. He's now retired. So he he, he always went fl- uh, fly fishing, but he now goes mm. all the time. Yeah. And he is there for like twelve hours, constantly casting right yeah, on yeah, one yeah, side, yeah, 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 yeah. wading wading through fast flowing rivers. And he can come back from these trips absolutely broken. So, you know, you are um, a certain sport is going to have a certain demand on the body. You know, it could be volleyball. It could be the jumping. It could be like speed skating for example we always looked at that one when we were training because they're they're, they're leaning forward they're hinging at the hips they get really tight hip flexors mm. um, golfers it all often comes into their lower back and their yeah. shoulders because their thoracic their upper upper body doesn't twist mm. so they don't twist in the upper body effectively yeah. so all the every all the force in that golf swing is going into their lower back and then their shoulders so they end up with shoulder problems mm. so that's why golfing seems to be quite a big thing it's a big thing around here isn't it demographically and as a sport
0: kitchen yes darling
1: so runners runners uh they they move in a what we're we talking frontal sagittal what's it called plane so Trans,
0: uh, i would say all three perf- if I'm well perfect, it's, it's
1: the thing what i find is that runners find it very difficult to do anything side bendy
0: mm. mm-hmm.
1: any any side strength work where they're where they're moving over to the side mm. they might find that harder yeah. you also need to like lots of glute strength with runners so that they're not taking it into their knees and ankles mm. but again strengthening and mo- mobilizing through the knees and the ankles what else um opening up the hips and the waist with runners dancers dancers often when they do their extension they're often often bending back into the lower back Mm. so you need we do a lot of work on the upper back to get some extension there they're really hypermobile so they can have really long hamstrings so you're strengthening up there but we the training that i did through Bassi, the head of the guy that founded it um rayal sakowitz he's a massive fan of cross training so he's a cross trainer himself he doesn't believe that pilates is the be all yeah good
0: he's
1: like you do it and you run he's a surfer he weight trains yeah um because you don't want to have, deal with issues of habitual repetitive movements yeah
0: if you're not an athlete there's no need
1: you can cross train. You're going to cover all bases, aren't you? Mm. If you can do lot, if you can do a jumping type thing, and you can do a running type thing, and you can do the swimming, if you can like do it across the board, you're going to cover all all bases. So cross training is brilliant, and Pilates within that. I always say to clients and the way that I see it for myself, I see it as like a life insurance policy for my body. Genuinely, that is what I feel. It is like an insurance policy. Mm. It is your foundation. It's like the fine tuning, continual servicing of your body, Mm. joints, muscles. There's a lot of very, very small muscles that are activated in Pilates, which you don't activate in other Mm. sports, which look at the bigger muscle groups. Mm. So the balance of that and working through the body, the reformer is brilliant because you you use both sides of your body and you can tell if one side is weaker than the other. So you can work on balancing them out. But a lot of athletes and sports people use Pilates as that basis. They probably wouldn't do it on its own, but they Mm. use it to complement their sport. And if you can... It helps you to develop awareness. It enhances that mental focus. This is, we're talking about athletes here in, yeah. in sports. You're bringing balance to your own training. You know, If you're a tennis player and you're just on that one side, it brings balance to what you're doing with your training. You're re-educating your body on a neuromuscular level, which could then, and obviously does, otherwise people like Andy Murray wouldn't be using it. It is hopefully then going to lead to better performance Mm. and reduced injury because if that's your life and that's your career yeah if something works you're just going to keep doing it and there's your insurance policy
0: Mm. yeah it's a point to note uh people that listen if you're doing it an athletic sport or you are say an athlete it's very important to understand that they are very different to gen pop usual people i think for gen pop it's good to have a, a lot of movement variability uh, do a lot of things like racket sports. If you run, mm. walk, whatever it be, lift weights, Pilates, yoga, whatever it is, that's going to be usually better for most people But it's quick to define that an athlete, they have specific adaptations because like you say, Andy Murray, mm. you know, plays tennis and he has to, at the end of the day, his main goal is to be the best at that. that he can. Yeah. And so he is going to have that bigger, you yeah. look at, you look at tennis players, they've got, you know, they got one massive arm yes. a massive forearm. Yes. You know I mean, and then yeah, the other one's just like a little, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, but when you talk about general population, I would say that, you know, it is about, um, so I have got clients that just do Pilates, particularly yeah. clients that have injuries where it, that sort of stops them from doing other things. mm but if you are someone who I have lots of clients who are walkers mm. they're like really full on walk, they do. That's what they do. That's the main thing they do. But again, knee issues, ankle issues, even yeah. their lower back. Sometimes if they walk too much and Pilates helps. So from that perspective, if you are someone that does one thing and are finding you are getting injured, then Pilates can help. Also, though, your work, your what you yeah. do for work. Yeah, so clients who are, you know, sat in a rounded position working, you know, they are the they are the ones that come in for Pilates because you want to open up yeah. the chest and you want to strengthen the back and you want to strengthen, you know, the glutes. However, I would say you absolutely need to get into the weights as well. Mm. You know, the weight, the weights and the, the reformer pilates, it's weighted. So you've got a weight element to it um, and you are loading. But I tell, I tell most of my clients that they need to lift weights of some description yeah, alongside complement. what they're
0: doing. Yeah, they just complement each other when you think about the benefits of lifting weights. You know, that is, is so important that we put stress on our mm. muscles and joints, obviously, in the correct way. That's going to help tendon, ligament health, bone health. You know, that's going to yeah. thicken the bones mm. that you have as well. And that's obviously going to cause a good yeah. amount of stress on those muscles, which are the things yeah. that obviously help you move day to day so it's important Mm. that if any if you're listening to this you want to have a takeaway is to try and do both if you want to or can yeah that's not that's not just open to everyone but just having. and when we say
1: yeah when we say weights i'm not talking about getting into a gym and lifting a barbell you know that's not Mm. that's not um possible for everybody you Mm. know i have four or five clients in their 80s you know, but I am getting them to, to, d- to do something. You know, with regards a little bit of resistance and a little bit of yeah. weight and a, and some, you know, loading like you say of the bones because you know we're talking about osteoporosis and the rest of it. So that's that population. Um, but you know, absolutely, I I I'm a massive fan of cross training, uh, in the sense of just trying lots of different things that feel
0: good for sure yeah just do you know what it's it's just doing more being more active essentially is what it comes down to it doesn't matter what you're doing no it doesn't doesn't. it's just like just being outdoors more if you can just yeah just essentially just moving more instead of that that person that's just sat down all the time it
1: doesn't have to be prescriptive and it doesn't have to be a gym and i can't stand gyms james you know Mm. me i really don't like gyms i'm not Mm. a gym fan I, you know, looking at where we live, you know, go for a walk, walk up a hill, walk back down the hill. Mm. You know, it's like there's, you know, it really is quite straightforward. You just need yeah. to get out and do functional stuff, you mm. know, just like you say, just move more. We've in this area particularly, there's there's lots of ways in which you can get out and about and,
0: yeah.
1: and do stuff.
0: Definitely um, fortunate. So um, what is your... So f- mm. for, for the listeners, what would be your top mm. tips to take away from this? And then we'll look at talking about your plans for the future.
1: Top tips. Oh, crikey. Okay. Um, so I think based on what we've said, when it comes to uh, like fitness, let's say, like fitness in general, let, going back over what we've just said, find something that works for you and feels good forget about what anyone else is doing Mm. find the thing that feels good to you that you are going to stick at the Pilates clicked with me I tried lots of things Pilates clicked with me it was the thing that I stuck at it was the thing that I looked forward to it was the thing that made me feel bloody brilliant afterwards find the thing that works for you and and that you can be consistent at and do it whatever it is Um, obviously I fully recommend Pilates because I believe in it and I think it's a brilliant thing. So if you haven't tried it before, then I would suggest trying it. I think there are, there is a 10 minutes in everybody's life where they can do something to move their body, move their spine, um, loosen up a little bit in the morning and the evening. I Mm -hmm. really, really recommend doing that. Not just for your body, but for your own mindset of having a routine that you do on a daily basis and that you stick to it consistently, because that boosts your confidence and it tells your brain that you can be trusted to stick to a plan. So start really small, you know, four or five exercises of a morning and of an evening Mm -hmm. um, and build on it, because a lot of it is that we start really big things. We sign up to things and then we don't do them yeah start really small and simple um and do that for 30 days do that for a month show yourself that you can commit to something and then build on it for sure definitely I really recommend that because I am someone that goes all in and then does bugger all if I'm not careful um and um from again from a well-being perspective because i I don't just teach Pilates I, with my clients. There's a, there's more to it with my one to ones, particularly. I talk to them about, and I just believe a lot in our general well being. The words self care are being thrown around a lot at the moment, mm. and I just would say that self care is more than you know a bubble bath and a candle. For me, self care is about what i've been talking about these little things that you give to yourself every day that you say you're going to do which you know make you feel better do them and do them every day one glass of water a 10 minute walk a 10 minute you know little routine on the floor on the mat Um, I don't know, 10 minutes meditation, whatever it is, whatever it is that you know makes you feel better and is going to give you more energy, make the time and do it and commit to it because you will find that you'll build on it. Mm. So not just exercise, the half an hour earlier to bed, the half an hour up earlier, wake up earlier, all those sorts of things. You know, be kind to yourself, treat yourself the way that you would a friend if they needed something, you'd say to them, look after yourself, do this for yourself. Give yourself some, you know, some time. Give the time to you, not to everybody else all the time. Um, And then, you know, really, lastly, we've been talking about business in terms of business. I do want to encourage um, anyone out there who, you know, is thinking about setting up a business. And if it is in this sort of industry and they're thinking oh god I just don't know if I'm the right if I can I don't look like other people in the industry I'm not as fit as other people you know can I do this um chances are yeah you probably can and you know go for it and have fun with it
0: so empowering people then which is quite I think um that's a a massive like um obviously a well done to yourself for taking that leap in the situation you was in because you probably felt like you was taking on 20 things at once there, like being mm-hmm. a parent, being a husband, being a husband, you know, like, you know, being a wife, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, Like, and then obviously having that job, the commitment of that and stuff. So it's, you know, a massive chuck up to yourself and you oh, took the nice. risk and now, do you know what I mean life's better? I hope you know you it manage is. your own it diary. Is. You know, like it is. I,
1: th- I think um I think what I just what I've realised, and this is a very very difficult thing to figure out. If you are prone to, you know, anxiety or feeling feeling a bit being a bit of a worrier, it's very difficult to differentiate if you're. S- fearing something because it's not right or fearing something because it absolutely is right, Mm. but you're doubting yourself. Mm. And I've gotten much better at that. And that's where talking to people can help because you can feel absolutely shit scared about taking a leap. And you can think it's because it's the wrong thing to do, but actually you can just be bricking it because it absolutely is the right thing to do, but you don't think Mm. that you are good enough to have that success or that you deserve that success or whatever and really sit and think about what it is that you're fearing because chances are that's where that fear is coming from and you should just bloody well do it because you do deserve to have the job that you want and you do deserve to have the lifestyle that you want and if you're not happy go for it and just surround yourself with people that will support you and help you because it's worth it it is absolutely worth it and you've just gotta go for it
0: it's only us that puts up that barrier isn't it really it's it's our emotions and thoughts that stop us from yeah. You know, challenging ourselves and taking that leap into that sort of unknown. It's only mm. our our thoughts. Like you're gonna have the people mm. around you that think oh, not a great idea. Or the people who think that it is a great idea, but the the biggest uh, opinion that matters is the one that you have of yourself when you go to Absolutely. do. That. Absolutely. So Lex, thank you for coming on this episode. It's been a pleasure thank to you know finally. a little bit about you and but understand Pilates and stuff like that and how you got into um, the whole business sort of thing. If people were to find you, where would they go? If they were to look for you? Sorry. Uh, to look for me.
1: So uh, my, the, the website is uh, www soulbalancepolates.co.uk that's the website
0: yeah
1: uh, and then instagram is Soul Balance pilates so there's some um bits and pieces on there as well hopefully some more coming coming on in terms of some little videos with instructions we t- i talked Good. about the 10 minutes in the morning and evening so i hope to put some stuff on there so if you have a look either there or on the website hopefully there'll be some just 10 minute sessions that people can use in the morning and evening um, might not be there at this precise moment in time but i hope to have them on there soon so um maybe no no pressure no pressure yeah it will be there soon we will be there soon that's what i'm hoping
0: so thank you to the listeners if you've obviously got this far in the podcast i hope you have Mm -hmm. and thank you lex for obviously thank you
1: thank you very much